Hello there and welcome to episode 5 of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Um, a busy weekend for lots of our teams, most, most non-league teams playing two games over the bank holiday weekend but uh, Matt I understand you were away and, and you've had a, a long night last night shall we say. Yeah it's, I've, I've had a break away with a, the kids and my wife uh, for a week in, in Grand Canary which was very very nice, I didn't get in until four this morning so it's Thursday, I think it's Thursday now, yeah it's Thursday so um yeah, and back to back to the uh, back to the office today. So um, yeah, it was a good, lovely break. But uh, you know, got to get you know, it was a good break. But uh, now back back to the grindstone, unfortunately. Didn't pop and see Las Palmas while you were over there, did you? Do you know what they were playing Atletico Madrid? So on that sort of thing, we were quite away from it, and, and it's one of those ten fifteen kickoffs. And I think if I dragged the wife over, she's not the biggest football fan anyway. But um, uh, no, I wouldn't have got away with that. So extra time in the pool rather than um, off to see. Uh, Griezmann and all those people so no but, but I saw a few shirts so I don't know how well they're doing but they always seem to be bottom to middle end of um, La Liga anyway but so yeah Certainly, I've been to see um, Tenerife a couple of times when I've been over there. So uh, I've seen, it's it's quite an atmosphere when you go and watch a game in Spain as well because they don't really cheer their players; they just wave their flags at the at the, uh, at the officials all the time. So very entertaining. Well, anyway, I think it was a good game. Anyway, apparently, I think it was it was a big, it was early goals. But I checked check the score, but I think it was a I missed a goal fest. Anyway, that was disappointing. <laughs> well, you talk about goal fest, and there were plenty of goals on Bank Holiday Monday. But uh, we'll start with where I went on Bank Holiday Monday. Which finished Sittingbourne nil, Ashford nil. Um, I could think of better things I could have done on a bank holiday. Um, I, la- I laid a wall on, or helped lay a wall on uh, Tuesday. That was b- more fun. Um, it wasn't the best game of football I've ever seen. You, c- you could tell that Ashford were uh, are still getting to terms with it. I mean, obviously they've had a turbulent start to the season. They've got some young boys out there, but they've also got some vastly experienced uh, players in in that team. And, and they looked the part. It was their first point of the season. That their fans were certainly very vocal and, and cheered them on throughout. And on the day, I think Sittingbourne will be disappointed that they didn't win the game because they had so many chances. They had they had one opportunity in particular where the ball came across and, and the bloke only had the defender on the line to beat, and he sort of scuffed it, and the defender was able to get it clear. It was. It it wasn't a classic by any stretch of the imagination, but it, both teams were probably satisfied with the result and their standing because Sittingbourne they're still unbeaten in the league. They'd had a two two draw at Lewis on Saturday and then that, and then Ashford United, their first point of the season, as I said. And after the game, I spoke to Sittingbourne manager Nick Davis, and he admitted his side were nowhere near their best. I know, yeah. You know what? We wasn't very good today. It was one of those um, we just weren't at the races. I don't know if it was something to do with Saturday that took it out of us because we was we had so much energy Saturday. We pressed Lewis very hard. We should have won the game more. Um, played a fantastic. Um, and maybe today we just I don't know. We just looked a little bit lethargic. Just won a great day. But on the other hand, we didn't lose the game. We're still unbeaten. So there's lots of positives to take. But we were like we were even at sixty percent today. Again, I had about five injuries today. I know they've had troubles themselves. And we're a little bit stretched today um, in certain areas. So players had to come in and, and play. And Weber had to play left back. David, you know, I'd, all of a sudden when you lose Lawrence Ball and you know, and, and Miles has been injured for the season, it's been difficult to replace him. You know, and, and Lawson's away on holiday, so we're a bit we're a little bit stretched today. And I guess two games in three days in this sort of heat that doesn't help, does it? No, it's tough. It is tough. But then you know, it's the same for every other side, isn't it? Um, so you know, but yeah, we, we've had enough chances still, even not playing that well. Had one cleared off the line with it at the bar. We've, you know, there's been four or five very good opportunities, and we just haven't taken them today. But we had a response second half. I don't think we was great first half, but in the end, we're still unbeaten. So we're seventh in the league. 
I can't be too dis- disappointed with that. With you know where we've been over the course of the summer, you know, and losing them players. I suppose apart from the FA Cup, you, you couldn't have, have wished for a better start, could you? You know, it was sitting here end of August now. You're unbeaten. Yeah. You say seventh in the I'll, league. I would have snatched a hand off, you know, to, to be in the position we're in now. We're stronger than we are last year. You know, when I've got a fully fit side, then I've got a headache. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you my best side is at the minute. But you know, going back to today, we had enough chances today to um, to win the game, even not playing very well. So you know. Again, as I said, we're unbeaten, right? And just finally, Whiteleaf at home on Saturday. It's like every team, isn't it? It's still sort of finding their feet, I guess. It doesn't look like anyone's going to run, run away with the league this year. I don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. Whiteleaf are very strong. They're unbeaten as well. They'll be, you know, we're going to watch today. So, you know, we just have to address it. We'll see what we've got available. Hopefully, we'll get one or two back in, in time. Um, but, yeah, you know. It's another game, isn't it? And we're looking forward to it. Sitting born, Nick Davis, David, he's doing a good job. And, and he's, as he just said, said to me there, when he gets a full squad, they're going to be quite a threat, aren't they? Yeah, sitting born, it's a, it's a tough job at that level. We, we know where they play, etc. like that. They lose, lost players and lost a lot to, to Herne Bay in the summer. And that must be a real challenge for a manager. But, you know, he sounded upbeat. And I think it, it must be a real grounding as a manager to work in that sort of level. He had a good career. Um, at this level so he knows it I, I think he's doing a very good job and when you look at the league table it's, you know they're doing a lot better than some of the other Kent sides which, which we tipped could do doing really well and some of them are, are struggling a bit at the bottom Indeed and I mean Hyde obviously they've got their, their all important first win I was, I was chatting with someone at the game on, uh, on Monday and we were talking about how Clive Cook needed a win and, and he'll be very pleased he got one yeah, I thought he could be in trouble there. That terrible start to the season um, from that and the FA Cup exit as well. I thought he needed a win and they've got it. And you think now they can maybe to move on from that and, and grow up the table. But, you know, Ramsgate struggling as well. And, you know, Ashford United, I don't know what's happening with their manager, but at least they're off the board. But, you know, it's only two goals in... Um, in four games and they've conceded 11 so that that is a worrying stat but that may happen when you've got a young side Yeah, you were saying about the Ashford manager I was, obviously I was at the game on Monday and I did um, approach Don Crosby the chief executive at Ashford and he just said that at the moment they've got no comment um, he may speak to us again in the future um, Barry Fuller the Jules, former Jules defender was in the dugout on, Saturday, on uh, Monday along with Lee Shearer so I guess they're still sort of doing it a little bit by committee at the minute but you'd think they want to get something sorted soon something permanent and then they can put the start of the season behind them and really hit the ground running. Yeah, Barry Fuller, of course, still gets in the Wimbledon side when they're not playing because the, the football league teams didn't play at the, on Bank Holiday Monday, so he can give them some advice there. Lee Shearer, a, a big character in Kent non-league circles over the last few years, never really saw him as a manager, but maybe he's looked at that. I know he's got, got trained a few kids up, so maybe he wants to get involved in there, but he won't find any more passionate than Lee Shearer, but um, a very funny character, and good luck to him, maybe it works out for him, if he gets a few results, maybe he'll get him and, well, it'll be difficult for Barry Fuller to be involved, but maybe Shearer can get involved in a, on a more uh, more basis. It was good actually to see so many young lads, because obviously Ashford had a few, but Sittingbourne had a couple that I was told were only 17, and they didn't look out of place, so that's, that's what these clubs have got to do, haven't it? They've, they've got to find the youngsters and try and nurture them and, and see what happens. I mean, Harry Smith's an example. He was at Sittingbourne, he looked all right, and then went to Folkestone and got his move to Millwall. And, and there are players out there. You've just got to get that experience at this level and then push on. Well, I think the problem is, you, you know, blooding the, the, the youngsters, but you do need some experience in there. You look at Ramsgate, they've got a lot of youngsters, haven't got too much experience in there because, as you mentioned before, this is a tough old division when you're 
could get you know literally beaten up by certain sides, bullied by sides. So I think you do need a bit of experience in there. It, it could be a long hard season for Ashford for going down that route. Yeah, but you know I think you know there is there is talent out there, and it's good to see that certain of these clubs are giving it because you know a seventeen year old playing in in the in the Devon Bostick South is a a tough ask, but you know it can only better you for the experience. A team that had a disappointing weekend was Faversham. I mean, I spoke to Ray Turner last week after their cup win. He was like, oh, hopefully, hopefully they could build on that and get some results over the weekend. And they lost them both. And, you know, they've had a bit of a stuttering start, Faversham. And we'll come on to the FA Cup later, but not what they would have wanted ahead of that big game against Tunbridge Angels this weekend. No, it's, it's, I think I tipped Faversham to, to do well. You know, disappointing 3-0 defeat to, at home to Herne Bay is... You know, local derby, etc., like that, and Herne Bay are a, a definite club in working together and building up. So that that is a disappointing result uh, from that point. I have to say, I didn't see that coming. But they've just got to move on. You know, he's a good manager. He knows this level. It's just you know maybe then a bit of a, maybe the FA Cups can be a you know a different 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 way of getting forward. Maybe they'll take that form into it and forget about the league and go for the FA Cup because it's, it's a big game from the weekend. But it's good conceding goals. No, you know, wouldn't have really thought it was their problem, but um, it's been the early part of the season, which they'll try and work out. Obviously, they played Tunbridge at the, at the weekend, and Tunbridge had a disappointing uh, bank holiday weekend as well. They they lost at Harrow on Saturday, and then lost by all accounts an absolute thriller at uh, at Longmead on Monday when they went down to Folkestone. And Folkestone and Victor, that's a brilliant result for them to go to Longmead and win three two, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I was speaking to somebody, somebody James fan for the game or for the games of the weekend, and I said they were really pleased. They had kept clean sheets, which is one of the most important things. And you, but they conceded some goals in there, three-two against Folkestone. They took the lead, so yeah, Folkestone getting a lot of penalties. Folkestone, uh, Ada Yusuf's banging him in. I don't think penalties got, but I think every time I see him, it's a penalty scoring. So yeah, that's disappointing for, for Angels from that point of view. But I think they'll be there and thereabouts. But again. FA Cup this weekend maybe it's in the back of the players' minds how important it is because I don't know how many years ago since Tunbridge Angels have been in the first round of the FA Cup but they'd absolutely love to do that of course they would and obviously Margate as well we'll just touch on them quickly in the in the Bostic Prem defeat for them on Saturday and I'm in the Margate fans Facebook group it's all doom and gloom on Saturday and then Monday they got a win and it was all yeah we're brilliant we're going to be fine but Margate just needs to settle don't they and they need to find a regular goal scorer obviously they've lost um, Alex Fisher they've just got to find someone who's going to bang the goals in for them regularly yeah four goals in five games uh, it's not a great thing I've only conceded three so um, defensively you always work on your defence um, the first part of the season so they've got the second best defence well, second equal defence in the league brought in Jay May you know what you're going to get about Jay May um, across the thing it'll be a target man for them Probably, I think it's something they needed and of course he knows how people work and he's played up front with Franny Collins so he's getting on a bit Jay May now and his fitness may be a bit of an issue but it, it, it's a player proven at this level um, and again it's somebody Steve, Steve, Steve Watt is definitely using players we trust in this division as well. Which, and when you think that Billericay have gone top of the table now, it may be difficult for sides to um, knock them off. And fair play to Leatherhead, of course. Sammy Moore, one of Kent's own, um, based in Hyde, and he's got his football academy there. He's done really well in his opening games as manager. So um, I think he'd be delighted there. But it's, it looks like it's going to be, you know, Billericay to win it. But everybody else will be playing for the playoffs. It's got to be an interesting league, I think, the, uh, the Devon Bostick uh, Premier League. Absolutely, I, th- I think I've, I've done a few. Well, obviously you've been away, but Sky Sports News have been all around Billericay this week. They've been in the dressing room, which is hideous. It's got like massive murals and everything on it. But apparently they're saying that no players are more than a grand a week there. Which, if that is the case, then they are doing quite something to attract all those players to that club. 
Well, the budget's you know, uh, sources in the non-league paper said it's thirty thousand um, pounds a week, and I do know that when Sam Magri, of course, absolutely left over, he was offered a very good contract, which I know was more than one thousand pound a week. So um, we'll take him with a pinch of salt, but good luck to him, Glenn Taplin. Keep going. We'll talk, keep talking about Billy Rickey on this on this podcast, but until they play one of the Kent sides, which I think is really later in the season, we'll um, go from there. But I think. We should forget about them and look at the other sides in this division. But Margate, Folkestone, Tunbridge, uh, five games gone. Yeah, par maybe. I think Tunbridge will be disappointed the weekend they've had. Absolutely. Um, National League, um, another team will disappoint with the weekend will, will be Bromley. But let's talk about Ebbsfleet. They, they're they still unbeaten this year. Two draws for them over the weekend. Um, they'll be... <laughs> Well, they'll be pleased because they fought back from one one goal down at Crabble on Monday, and I'm sure even though you were away, you, you can tell me plenty about that game, Matt. Yeah, I spoke to my dad. He's, he goes every week, and um, he said that we started well first up, but again, it's a bit Pat Davis played dominating games in the first half, and then sitting back in the second. I've seen a few Dover games this season. I don't know how many goals Dover have got in them. Last season, they've the last couple of seasons when they had Stephen Payne and of course Ricky Miller last year, you always felt they had goals in them. This time, maybe not so. Um, they need to utilise the wingers. Jamie Allen needs to come back. Kane Richards hasn't really got going. So, and Chris Kinnear returning back to Chris Kinnear type of twenty odd years ago when one nil will keep that, keep that, keep that, defend it, but not necessarily at the moment. It's developing. They're conceding not many goals, but not scoring goals could be an issue but a draw against Epsling my dad sort of said it was a, a fair result but Dover maybe when they were on top should have pushed for that second because at the moment they need to score two goals to win a game and unfortunately in the seven games they've gone they've only scored twice once which, it, which is a concern at the moment but um, I'm sure Chris Kinnear will be looking to, in, to improve that anyway and of course Dover have signed uh, Chris Lewington a guy we talked about a few weeks ago when he left Welling step up for him but a good bit of competition from Mitch Walker I'd say because he's not going to be banging on the door expecting to start but he's a, he's a good goalkeeper at that level I think yeah I think he's an excellent goalkeeper I think um, he's a good signing for Dover um, from that point of view uh, again keeps Mitch Walker on his toes Mitch Walker has been he needs probably needs a full season because uh, the last couple of years we had Andy Rafferty and Steve Arnold but Mitch Walker doesn't let Dover down solid goalkeeper and if you look at the stats of the goalkeepers and things like that he kept more complete sheets than the other goalkeepers so once the again Chris Luton will keep knocking on the door good shot stopper I think um, there's a bit of controversy about him leaving well in but um, I think we'll brush over that I don't know what went on there but it, it again adds a little bit more depth to David's squad David don't have a goalkeeper on the bench 99% of the time so he will be in the stand most of the time I would have thought that means he can come and talk to you then every now and then, doesn't it? Well, we might be on uh, BBC Radio. Kevin might be able to get him as a, a summariser if, uh, if he's keen on that. But, you know, you never know. Chris Kinnear may, may be thinking about it. But I think he, uh, for he's a good player at the budget reasons as well. You know, I wouldn't say he's going to be mega expensive, but and he'll be a solid goalkeeper and goalkeepers work together. And I think he'll be, he'll be good for Mitch Walker and, and Mitch Walker will be good for him. Let's talk about Ebbsfleet then, specifically. They are still unbeaten this year. That, that is, I mean, obviously they've come up, but to have come up and, and then had a start like that to this season, I, I think they couldn't have imagined that they'd still be unbeaten going into September, would they? Yeah, it's the old adage, would you rather have um, one win or two draws? Yeah, how it works. Unbeaten is good. So again, they've not a habit of not um, losing football matches, which is absolutely crucial. Um, and they've got up to the level. They've had a few injury problems as well, which I think, Shows what a good job Darren McMahon's come in. They've lost uh, Kenny Clark, Winfield, etc., like that. Brought in Chris Bush, we've seen at Welling um, before, and he's been round Gateshead, so he's a proven Lincoln, so he knows this level of football. Good throw in, good solid defender. Um, 
So yeah, I think they'll be absolutely delighted. They'll be desperate to turn those wins into victories. But um, I think uh, they'll be delighted with that. They're no pushovers in this division. And if you look at the National League, it's, it's going to be a tight division, I would say, this season. Nobody's running away with it. Um, so I think it could be an interesting division. It's just if you've got to keep... They'll be desperate to turn that wins, that, those draws into a win. Almost anyone can beat anyone in that league. We've probably seen that over the weekend. Maidstone going and winning at Sutton and then Sutton going and beating High Fry and Bromley. <laughs> Bromley got walloped at Dagenham and then Maidstone drew with them. So it, it it's still early days, isn't it? And and these teams, they're all still finding their feet a little bit. Yeah, um, using Wrexham as an example. They've lost at Dover and Maidstone this season. I didn't think much of them, but they've won three on the spin and now they're up to fourth in the league. And they were doom and gloom in Wales, but now they're jumping thinking they're going to get in the playoffs. So yeah, it's... It's going to be. I can't see anybody running away with it um, from that point of view. It's interesting when you see Sutton lost to Mason on their home bench, then Sutton win at uh, Bromley on their 3G pitch. So, from that point of view, if I had to plump on somebody, I'd probably say Dagenham again. They're unbeaten as well, and you, you know what you're doing with John Steele. But you just need to get a bit of a, a roll going. Dover got some tough games coming up, particularly the next two. So, you don't want to get fall out of the trap from that point of view. But it is. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tight old division. And then when I see another manager win yesterday, the guys the manager's gone. So, um, yeah, there's no... <laughs> again, it's, it is the fifth division and, and people want to stay in it. You don't want to get out of it. And a bit early changing your managers. Look, guys, you know, the last two seasons they've been struggling a bit. So, but it's a bit... But that point of view, I think all our sides will be OK. And will they have enough quality in the next... Uh, getting the playoffs will be interesting to see. Particularly Bromley, I, was, I thought they might have picked up at least one point at the weekend. But they'll be disappointed with that and look to bounce back this weekend. Interesting fixtures this weekend. Ebbsfleet are at home to Eastleigh, um, but the rest of them are all going to rack up plenty of miles because you've got Hartlepool against Maidstone, Wrexham against Bromley, and a 5.30pm kickoff for your boys at Tranmere. That, that, another nice journey for the Travelling Whites fans. Well, I, which I'll be one of them. I'm actually going on Saturday because um, I've, all the last, I've missed the Tranmere game the last two seasons. I thought oh, I'd like to go to Tranmere because eventually they're going to get out of this division. So I'm going up nice and early. going to make a day of it up there. So... Yeah, it's, it's a tough game. Dragmere have won um, one, at the, one on Monday, which is a big result for them after they come back uh, to from Bournemouth. 2-0 down on Bournemouth on Saturday and uh, got a win on um, Monday. So it's going to be tough up there, to be fair, I would have thought. But um, yeah, Maidstone against Hartlepool. Again, another thing, you've got Maidner playing Sutton on a Saturday again. Again, we moaned about the fixtures before. Hartlepool got a win, didn't they, as well? Maidstone will be looking to get something on the road as well um, this weekend as well. But it'll be a tough one, but probably a good play, good time to play Hartlepool because they've struggled to get involved in this league. So probably Bromley will want to be, you know, it was looking so good for them on before the break holiday. They don't want to have three consecutive defeats, but Bromley, Wrexham uh, have got their tails between their legs. They don't score many goals, Wrexham. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think that'll be a high scoring game, that one. Whites have done well at Tranmere in the past. I've now seen to remember our mutual friend, Mr Inkersoll, going up there and seeing a good result. Yeah, they won the first season at one nil. Only lost one nil last year, so it depends how Dover can get the players back. Uh, and one of the people from the game, Dover, when we saw them lose to Bromley, they were very, very attacking. Both fullbacks going forward, and everybody sort of said Dover have sort of sat back a little bit since then. Maybe because they were hit on the counter attack a couple of times. Chris Kinnear's a little bit concerned that could happen again. So it may be that it's more that Dover again will defend quite deep and then try and hit. Uh, Tramway on the counter attack. Have they got the pace in the side to do it? 
they need Jamie Allen in to do that, I think. So it'll be interesting from that point of view. But I'm going in. I'm going up. I'm looking forward to the day. And if we get anything, it'll make the journey back a little bit easier. Certainly will. Uh, looking in the National League South, then Dartford and Welling both lost 1 0 at home on Monday. Um, Dartford are still six in the table. That was their first defeat of the season. And Welling, they're the best place of the four teams whose, le- whose name begins with a W. But they are fourth bottom because the other three, Wealdstone, Western and Whitehawk, are all below them. Um, two games for these, um, both those teams this weekend, both away. Um, Welling are at Bath on Saturday and then at Braintree on Tuesday. Dartford are at Hampton Richmond on Saturday and then go to bottom of the table, Whitehawk. So a tough weekend to have two away games like that in such, in such a short space of time or Saturday, Tuesday. It, it is always hard for that, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why um, they didn't do it earlier. Again, they're having more games than because the National League, National League Premier aren't actually playing. White Talk's a good game for Darfur. They sacked their manager this week. They missed Darren Ibrahim at the weekend. They brought Jordan Beanie in. And if you know uh, the son of Mark Beanie, another Kent legend from down there, years at Maidstone. So he had a good football league career. So, yeah, I think um, disappointing for Darfur. Again, from that point of view... Chelmsford and St Albans have started really well, haven't they? So, from that point of view. But I think Darford have got in their game, as I've mentioned before, scoring goals is a problem for Darford. And Wellington, I'm quite surprised. They've had a lot of turnover of players, Wellington, um, that are first part of the season. And they need to get a settled squad, otherwise, it could be a, a long, hard season for them. Because the first half of the last season, they were in the bottom half of the league as well, and it took them a long while to get out of it. So, interesting to see how they get on in those games. Yeah, we'll move on to the Southern Counties East League. There were some good games there over the weekend. Um... Both Saturday and, Mon- and Monday. Um, Seven Oaks looking really good. They beat Crowborough 1 0 on, on Monday, and obviously they meet in the FA Cup this weekend. Um, in the Deal Derby, Deal beat Canterbury to end their 100% start. We've still got Whitswell and Cray Valley there, three from three. And um, I, I think we should look at Chatham Town, Matt. I, not a club that we, we probably have talked about much, but they're rock bottom of the, of the league in their first season after being relegated. They lost 7 1 on Saturday to Sheppey United. And they've got Hollands and Blair at home this week who've, who've just got their first point. And I know it's a very transitional time for Chatham, but you're going to think they need to start picking up some points soon, don't they? Yeah, it's, you know, from all my time, they've always been a, um, a Ryman South or sort of Ryman North side um, investing in the club, but they're really struggling from that point of view. They've gone through a few managers again. And maybe it's a sort of, uh, people aren't really, I don't know really what's gone wrong there, but they need to bounce back because they don't want to keep going any further down because they, you know, they're you know, good good base for supporters there but it's just really not happening for them at the moment is that turnover I think because they, they all seem to me I mean obviously they flitted about between the north and the south a couple of times and but they all seem to me like a good steady settled club they've got a lovely set up there I've been there three or four times up to Chatham nice little ground they've got there and I think they've got new floodlights haven't they this season but they just need to start putting some results together and it does show I guess a little bit the strength of the Southern Counties League and, and you can't take it too lightly because if you go into it even having been relegated into it and you don't sign players that are right for the job then you will struggle yeah absolutely I think maybe they thought it would be oh, we'll bounce back pretty easily with the same sort of players in it hasn't really happened as we said before a lot of teams want to come out of that division particularly um, Whitstable and you know Crowber and, uh, and Deal as well so yeah I, I don't know if Chatham um, need to have a look at themselves to work out what's gone wrong but losing 7-1 is not a particularly good start from a side that's um, should be really playing a league above Obviously, this weekend there's, there are some league fixtures, but the FA Cup does take precedence for, for a lot of our teams. Um, plenty of teams involved. We're looking at um, 
Tunbridge Wells are trying to get further than they have done for the first time in 38 years when they go to Haywards Heath this week. So that'd be quite a challenge for them. Um, Seven Oaks Crowbar. Is, is, is that a stat from your FA Cup, man? Is it, it is, it? yes. I should point out all the stats have come from uh, FA Cup fact file. Phil there's uh, put, pulled them all together. Um, and obviously Seven Oaks against, against Crowbar. It's their first, first time they've ever met in the FA Cup, which the way it's regionalised you might think would be different. Seven Oaks went past this round for the first time last year, and they're going to think they've got a chance now, especially having beaten Crowbar on Monday. Yeah, I think that's probably a good psychological blow for the result from that. that interesting again. They once these sides, then of course the next round, the um, the Conference South sides come in, so you could get a, you know bring out a Dartford or a Welling on that, and that's and that's a again a chance for payday from that one there from that point of view. And we've also got other teams looking looking to do well. We, obviously, Ramsgate. It's been ten years since they went past this round. Um, Faversham had their best ever run last year when they went to the third qualifying round. They've got Tunbridge Angels touching it earlier on. They're hoping to get 400-odd people in there for that game. And it's it could be a cracker because they both had a bad weekend. They're both going to want to hit back and get a result this weekend. Nice place to watch a bit of football. Hopefully that'll be a good game. Yeah, I think... Um, I'll just want, we mentioned earlier the BBC cover a game. game. If you looked at it from the... There's some bigger games in there. Faversham against Tunbridge would have been a good game for them to choose from that point of view because Tunbridge, as I mentioned earlier, desperate for a, for a league, for an FA Cup run. And Faversham, poor start to the season, can kickstart their league campaign if they can beat them from there. I fancy maybe Angels after a replay from that point of view, but it should be a, a good outing from that point of view. Good game to go and watch that one. If you're if you one of your sides away or you fancy a game of football, I think that's the game I'd choose this weekend. And not that I'm advocating drinking, but it is, is the Hop Festival this weekend in Faversham, so you could uh, perhaps have a couple of pints on the way, watch the game, and then stay for a few more if you can get the train. Um, so that would certainly be a, a good way to spend your weekend. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've still got some other teams in there. Phoenix against Eastbourne. It's only their, their fourth FA Cup re- um, re- campaign for Phoenix Sports, and they've already reached this, this round for the second time that's not bad Thamesmead they had their best ever run last year as well so they're looking to go Ashford they've already equaled their best run they're going down to Horsham if they can pull something together then that could be a really good day for, for Ashford yeah I think um, from that point of view Horsham I don't know if they still play at that old ground I've been to Horsham's ground a few times I think they might have sold it now I don't know where they actually play but they're always a nice club Horsham um, so I suppose it's quite easy to get to for the Ashford point of view and again they'll be missing Barry Fuller because he'll be involved at Wimbledon but why not? The more Ken sides get through, the better, I think. And of course, Folkestone against Greenwich, that's certainly one that's that's going to make it through. And we said last week, it's, it's a tricky little tie for folks, and they won't fancy that, but after their result on Monday, they're going to go into it full of confidence. Yeah, I think, um, and as I mentioned, Hayley Yusuf scoring goals as well, which is um, good to see. Greenwich, um, not too bad, four, seven points from four games, haven't scored that many goals. Um, I think Folkestone's extra experience uh, maybe to get through, but at this level, I know Greenwich have a lot of um, ex-league players in, so but should be a good game. And obviously, Cray Valley unbeaten, still 100% in in the league. They, they go to Leatherhead. Leatherhead had a good start. I'm probably going to say that's going to be a good day out for Cray Valley, maybe. Yeah, I think Leatherhead, one of these sides, something more I've mentioned earlier, has done a very good job there. Um, yeah, I think Leatherhead will get through. And I think Leatherhead are one of the sides, one of the Kent sides you want to avoid if they get through, because I think uh, they seem to be a club on the up at the moment. Yeah, so we'll move on now to um, something which, which as a certainly when I was working in the local papers, used to annoy me. Um, Margate would used to be playing Merstham in the Devon Bostick Premier League on Tuesday, September the twelfth. So what, less than two weeks' time, and uh, that game has now been postponed. Why is that game being postponed? 
because the Kent Senior Cup takes priority over league games. So instead of a league game against Merston at home on a Tuesday night, they've now got to go to Herne Bay in a cup that's probably not their priority on a Tuesday night. And I don't understand why these games are allowed to take precedence over league games. I've never understood it, Matt, and I don't know what your thoughts are, but it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me at all. Uh, to be honest, the Kent Senior Cup is, is a dead competition, really, because nobody's particularly interested. I'm sure Steve Watt, now he's got his under-23 teams down, uh, team down there, will, will play majority of that, because he doesn't want to get used players to injury early on in this season from that point of view. The Kent Senior Cup really should be moved if teams are interested into a sort of a, a pre-season tournament. Um, again, the, why are they playing the game so early? The final's not till bank holiday in May. Um, there's not that many teams in the competition. It, you do find these things that a lot of, a lot of teams, when the level they're playing at, you will when you want to play a league game. Um, yeah, you know, Margate may win the the game on the Saturday before, go with a bit of um, momentum to it. Then they've got to play a Kent Senior Cup. It, again, they need to look at the competition because, uh, to be honest, I don't know anybody who's really that interested in it. Um, I know Dave won it last year, but it I didn't go to the game. I've got no real interest into the game. It's just a competition that. It needs to be looked at, revamped. Gillingham play their youth team. Charlton were in it, but they won't play at home. So what's the point of that? They'll play their youth team. So it's something that needs to be looked at. I know it's got a bit of history, and probably some people won't be happy with that, what I'm saying. But, yeah, it's a dead duck tournament, unless you move it to, to pre-season or some better time or from that point of view. Because, again, how and by against Margate, it's going to be about three people there, I would have thought. So you won't be there, then? No, not at all, no. Why are they playing all these games? How many teams are in the Kent City Cup? Probably half the teams get by to the second round. So, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I've had some good days out a few years, 20 years, 20 odd years ago, when Dover won the Kent City Cup. It was a big tournament, but things have moved on and it needs to be looked at as a revamping it, but I don't know in which way. But again, speak to any manager, lowest of the lowest priority. I th- well, I-, I can tell you something that I think is of lower priority, and that would be the beloved Ryman League Cup, or the uh, Alan Turvey Trophy, as I think it's now known after their former chairman. But I've spoken to managers before, and they've always said to me, why are these games so early in the season? Because if you, had that, if you started these competitions, the Kent Senior Cup, the League Cup, whatever, if you started these competitions in February, yeah, all right, okay, you've already got, you might have some fixture back- backlog because of the, of the weather. But by that time, most teams are only... All teams at this level are pretty much competing on one front. They're only focused on the league. If you were 12th, 14th in the league, you had nothing to play for, you weren't going down, you weren't going to go up, and this cup loomed on the horizon in February-March time, you might just think to yourself, go on then, let's win some silverware. But at the moment, it's never going to be a priority, is it? Uh, absolutely not. I think that's a really good point of moving in that from that point of view. Um, yeah, you know, you've got to... Teams with Billericay took it really seriously when um, Glen Tampling came in and they won that competition. And it'd be good for Tunbridge Angels to win the Roman Cup. But again, it's a low priority when you've got bigger games and early part of the season when you want to get some momentum and the FA Cup coming up. Yeah, it does seem... But again, the way non-league sometimes fixtures, you, you realise, you know, it's crazy at times. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, we'll go. We'll talk about going round the world. Because I don't know if you've picked this one up, Matt. I... I... Someone flagged it up to me on the uh, latter part of last week. Um, Margate, former Margate manager Nicky Ball has been in the press after him and his wife decided to take their two daughters out of school 
and go travelling for a year. Um, the, the report was clearly written by someone who doesn't know anything about football because it said that uh, Nick, as he was known, is, is free after leaving a job managing a club in Margate, or as we like to call them, Margate. Um, and he's just... He's just cleared off around the world. So, obviously, managing at Hartstone Park was a bit stressful for him. And I think they're in Africa at the moment. What a story that is. Uh, so, I think he did a heartfelt report, didn't he, of like, his problems at Margate and his other football thing. And he's, I think he fell out of love with football. And his wife always said to him that um, he'd like to go around the world and do something. And for the kids, maybe the kids are not in secondary school, it's a better education to see... Uh, parts of the world. I think what he's doing, he's going to donkey sanctuaries or elephant sanctuaries and all things like that. And good luck to him. And maybe he'll probably after 12 months miss football because I know, I think it, it bit him a bit. I think the Margate experience when then, you know, certain things went, didn't go his own way. So maybe he'll come back with a bug for football. But good luck to him and see if around the world. I was discussing this with somebody um, around the pool on my holiday. I suppose if you can do it and you've got the finances to do it, there's a big world out there and the education these children are probably going to get is going to be absolutely fantastic. And, of course, the memories he's going to have with his children for that sort of time. So, yeah, good luck to him. And um, I think you can follow him on Twitter somewhere. And he's, and, he, and he's a really nice guy, Nicky Ball, as well. So oh, it really works out for him. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of time for Nicky Ball. I, obviously, I, he took over. I was the reporter when he took over, covering down uh, down at Margate. And we put up a really good report. And, and like you say, he's, he's certainly young. He's only 35, just coming up 36. And... You know, he can come back to football if he wants to, but why not grab this opportunity? And, and you did make me laugh there when you said about donkey sanctuaries, because from what I heard, parts during last season, he had a donkey sanctuary in front of him, didn't he, Arsdale Park? Uh, yeah, he did have some players from that point. I mean, one of the players I think he signed, I saw Joe Morrell was a midfielder. You know, he was well out of his depth. Joined Cheltenham from Bristol City the other day, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting, because I thought this guy was completely out of his depth. So, uh, But it'd be interesting to see, yeah, I think he... He got a bad hand for Margate, but I'm sure he'll bounce back because he's a good coach and a good communicator. Yeah, it is interesting because I remember when Freddie Ladapo, and we're going to talk about him in a minute as well, when he went to Margate, uh, when he went to Crystal Palace from Margate, Margate got this lad, Corey Andrews, back on loan. And I think you and I probably saw his debut together or we saw him play, play at some point. He was awful, but he's still at Palace. He's, I think he still gets a game for their under-23s every now and then. And I don't understand what they see in these people, because I barely saw him have a meaningful touch of the ball. Well, again, um, it was an interesting article by Mitch Brundle in the non-league paper this week that he said that it's very easy. He was in the academy system that he could have stayed in that, played under-23 football. It doesn't really mean anything, but to get out, to grow and develop as a footballer, he went, joined... Uh, brain tree it was and that worked out and he's worked out quite through he's 22 years of age he's, he's Dover captain he could be still playing under 23 football when the game doesn't really matter and it, at Dover's level it does matter yeah and, and just fine obviously today Thursday is the close of the transfer window with, with big guns obviously that's not an issue for, for any of our teams at the moment thankfully but um a couple of guys have been on the move you know. Stefan Payne obviously has gone to Shrewsbury permanently from Barnsley. And I know you've got a soft spot for him because you used to sponsor his shirt. But your man Raggett, gone to Norwich. And then they've loaned him back to Lincoln. But what, what a rise that's been for him, hasn't it? Yeah, he's done a um, really good defender, Raggett. You know, Dave have missed him because he'll put... He had the man and the and the, the ball as well, and he, you know, he was a really big part of their FA Cup run, and he scored that goal against Burnley. Yeah, you know, you've seen him grow up from a raw, raw player. I've seen him play centre forward for um, 
Fern Bay, I think, at some stage. Really raw, but he's muscled it out. A good chance for him. You look up Norwich conceding goals by the dozen. Why have they loaned him back out, to be honest? So I thought he might get in their side. But, again, from Dover's point of view, it works out well. They'll get some money for him. And uh, I really hope it works out for him and he has a good career because he's a genuine lad who, who loves his football and, and he's worked his way up. He's got a good club in Lincoln. Um, I think his loan ends in January, so he could be in Norwich's in, in January from that point of view. So good luck to him from that point of view. You had Stefan Bain, um, good player, Payne as well. Didn't really work out for him at Barnsley. Probably Barnsley getting promoted to the Championship really affected him, I think, really, because they didn't expect to get promoted when they signed him, really, and it was done before they got won the playoffs. So, yeah, I think he scored three and three for Shrewsbury, and I think he's a decent player, Payne. Get in the service, good work rate, he'll score goals. It's one of those ragged. I'm interested to know when you first saw him sort of making his way as a young defender. Did you ever think he could possibly be a Championship player? Um, not necessarily. I thought he would have been when Chris Kinnear had him because he played him out. Didn't really play him that much, but then he saw something in training with him. But he, he, I think he's a good listener, learns, and Chris Kinnear deserves a bit of credit for for training him up because um, he was you know quite puny at times. You know, tall lad, but not much muscle about him. But he's built himself up, worked hard. And from that point of view, Lincoln had taken him on to a different level and the reports you're getting from uh, Lincoln as well that he's been their best player this season anyway. So, good fit. You never know. He could have a good back end of the, the Norwich season if he goes back to them and he could be worth even more money if teams are looking at him from that point of view. But I think he's, going to have, he's got his head screwed on. So, I think he's got, if he works hard and avoids injuries, he should have a good football league career. Another player who may move, possibly even while I'm editing this podcast, so it may have happened by the time people are listening to it, but Freddie Ladapo, um, a player that we saw a lot of at Margate and a player that I always knew had, had something about him. I always thought Crystal Palace had struggled to make the breakthrough. He did all right on loan last year, particularly at Shrewsbury, not so much at Oldham, but there's still talk he might get a move. And, and the players at that at that age, you said about it with Mitch Brundle, they need to be playing proper men's football, don't they? Yeah, Ladapo. I always get his name wrong, I pronounce his name wrong, I always get told off for that. Um, yeah, I think he's a link with Scunthorpe. I think he, I think they'll send him out on loan because I'm sure Palace will bring some more strikers and he's, he's been on the bench, I think, the first game of the season. So, yeah, I think uh, probably League League One, League Two side um, from that point of view. I know uh, the Shrewsbury manager, Hurst, wanted to buy him for Grimsby, so, but I think he got pain instead of that. I, don't, I can't see him going back to Shrewsbury, but Scunthorpe are being linked, other sides are being linked, but uh, I think he, if he gets the chance, I think he's a bit raw still. I think Stephen Payne's got more um, more in his locker than him, but I think he'll do all right. But again, it'd be no good for him if he doesn't go out on um, in this transfer window unless he goes to a, co- a National League club, and I thought it was very doubtful that Palace would um, loan him out from that point of view. I'm sure he's got, he probably, by the time this podcast up, he may have joined somebody. I forgot about the uh, La Da Po that I had to do yeah, to you that, every time you covered a Margate yeah, game that season. Struggled there big time. And it, I'm only going, basing this on what you've told me, but Ricky Miller still isn't available for Peterborough this weekend. No, apparently, um, so I try, he's going to miss six games, but there's something about the, what is it, the check a, check a trade trophy <laughs> that, um, that basically doesn't count for his suspension. That means I thought he might be able to play, but no, his, his suspension up his, his last game this weekend. And so the ninth, he can actually play. But Peterborough, do they actually need him? Because they've had a running right, scoring goals and top of the division. But um, 
I think he was in the crowd watching the Northampton game, so he's, he's adhering himself to the supporters, but he must be kicking himself really, biting himself really after that, because, uh, you know, he's missing a chunk of the season, but I'm sure he hit the ground running, Ricky Miller, he's, as somebody said to me, his first game back, he's either going to score actually or get sent off, or both, so um, he's one of those characters, so we'll see how he gets on, but we'll be looking, uh, I've been definitely looking out for him, see how he gets on. Excellent, well that's brilliant, Matt, thanks as always for, for joining us during your lunch hour, um, I hope you have a safe trip up to Prenton Park, lovely ground. Um, and I will go possibly somewhere. I'm going to wait and see if there's any FA Cup replays on Tuesday because I've got things on on Saturday. Unfortunately, got well, not unfortunately, we've got friends coming down to stay, so I'll be spending my day with them on Saturday. So hopefully there'll be a nice FA Cup replay on Tuesday that I can pop along to and and see what we can get. It's it's been a yeah, it's been another busy week. Thanks for everyone for listening. Um, hope you're still enjoying the show, and we will be with you next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Of course, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at KentNLPodcast, uh, me personally at JohnPhipps81, Matt Matthew underscore Gerard. And if you want to get in touch with us by email, please feel free. It's JohnPhipps81 at Outlook.com. Thank you.